This is Becky and Millhaven just saying, I am Tom Becker. And I'm McGraw Millhaven. Those stories and Andy Rooney next. <laughs> you are just a frustrated 60 minute correspondent, aren't you? You would really like to be a. Who do you want to be? Who do you want to be? Morley Schaefer? Uh, Anderson Cooper? What? Leslie Stahl? What, what 60 minute correspondent would you like to be? Um, I would like to be uh, Sherry Alfonso. Who? Well, you're clearly not a big, uh, clearly not a big uh, six, 60 Minutes fan. She's relatively new. She's been on there the last couple of years. Sherry Alfonso. Okay, I don't want, you know, I honestly have not watched. What I'll do is I will watch, um, if there's something I want to see, I'll go online and I'll I'll uh, watch that. If I hear there's something really good on 60 Minutes. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really watch it that often anymore. But um, so, so I, um, I just, you know, I, I do a morning show. So I kind of took a little nap and I just woke up. Apparently, John Roberts is now saying that th- that leaked 98-page um, draft was a real deal and that he's, he, he confirmed it's real and he's going to try and find out how it was leaked. Yeah, I find this interesting. I, I think that this is a story about the whole Roe versus Wade thing. It's not about the Supreme Court overturning abortion because, you know, I don't know that anybody would be all that surprised if they did. But, but for me, it's a thing where it's like, who leaked this and why? You know, because I can make an argument that it was leaked by a person on the far left who wanted to embarrass, um, you know, the, uh, some of those justices and get them to change their vote. I can make an argument it was leaked by somebody on the far right who wanted to make sure the justices didn't change a vote. Or it could just be some disgruntled clerk who just wanted to piss people off. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I think that's a story about, you know, who, who leaked this and why? You know, I don't think we'll ever find out because the person who leaked it, I mean, maybe when they're, you know, 98 years old and they're finished with their career, but I don't think it was one of the justices, right? I don't think they would have done it. So it's got to be one of the clerks. I agree with you. It could be any one of them, right? It could be a conservative clerk trying to make the liberals look bad. It could be a liberal clerk trying to get the word out. Who knows, right? Yeah. I don't think, I don't think we'll ever find out. I had uh, Greg Willard on this uh, show this morning, and he said that it is as offensive to him as the January 6th insurrection, and that they did it with, you know, stun guns and flags and riots, and this person did it, you know, with, with ones and zeros. But they said no less it was an invasion and an intimidation, just like the January 6th insurrection. Um, I don't, boy, that's, I, I have to think about that for a little bit. I mean, I, I understand what he's saying. I'm not sure. Yeah. I, still th- I still think trying to overturn the election might be a bit more grievous than uh, Roe versus Wade, but I understand what he's saying. I mean, it, it is, it's definitely uh, changing the norms, uh, to say the least. Although, historically, there have been a few instances where these have been leaked out in the past. Uh, but, um, uh, but it, it is, I mean, this is a big deal. This is a big deal as to who did it and why. And I also think it's interesting about who they leaked it to. They didn't link it to like the American Bar Association magazine, right? They didn't link it, they link it to like the Harvard Law Review or anything like that. They leaked it to the, uh, to Politico, which just shows how politicized the Supreme Court has become and it should never be that politicized. I mean, if there's one thing that shouldn't be politicized, it should be our courts. Uh, but it has become so politicized, which is why it was leaked to Politico and not to some 
uh, you know, legal publication. Well, yeah, I love these high and mighty legalese people who say, you know, politics should not invade the court. It's been safe to say the last 20 years that the whole thing has been politicized. And when Mitch McConnell won't give Obama's nominee a hearing, right? And at one point, Scalia was, you know, um, appointed or, you know, confirmed 97 to nothing. And Ruth Bader Ginsburg was 96 to nothing. And now you're not allowed to vote for the other person's nominee. The whole thing's a joke. Oh, it most definitely is. It, 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 and it's sad. It's sad. I think what Mitch McConnell has done uh, uh, to the nomination process is very, very sad. I, I think that I think that what happened here with the last nomination that Biden put out there where Republicans were saying, well, she's obviously very qualified and she's accomplished a great deal in her life. And, you know, she's a very esteemed uh, uh, jur uh, jurist, but uh, we can't vote for her. I mean, it was like, you know, they're trying to have it both ways. It's like, well, we don't want to bad bother her, but we're not going to give her support either. And it was, it's, 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 well, child, it's childish. I, it, it shouldn't be this way. I agree that that was outrageous. But equally outrageous is how Judge Kavanaugh was treated, right? I mean, you went back to a high school after school party and somehow he cornered a girl to try and make out with her. And we had to go through this 40 years later to determine whether or not he sits on the Supreme Court bench because of a high school party he went to 40 years ago when he was inappropriate with a girl, whether he did it or not. I mean, that's just, it's, it's absurd what they do to these people. Well, I, I agree. And I'm trying to, what was the word that Ben Sass used? Um, it wasn't Tom Foolery, but it was something like that. Oh, uh, as, uh, uh, Jack Asterly or something like that. Yeah, it was. Uh, he basically called. He basically called the behavior of some of these senators during the hearings. Uh, they called them basically. He called them jackasses um, because the cameras that are in the uh, in in the Senate building, you know, that they're, they're they're acting out for the cameras. I mean, you got people like Ted Cruz and that they're 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 trying to build up a political base, uh, you know, for presidential runs. They're not trying to find the best person for the uh, for the bench. Uh, no. the, the, the cameras, I mean, uh, as much, as much of a fan as I am for transparency, I see these cameras being a detriment to, uh, our way of government. Well, I'm just saying that the, these cameras in there, these cameras are, uh, a detriment, I think, to good government. You know, and there's been talk about whether or not they put cameras in the Supreme Court building, I think, and the Supreme Court, uh, house, I think that would be, oh, that would be the worst thing. The worst possible thing to be having Supreme Court justices play into the camera for a little eight-second soundbite to get on the evening news. Uh, ben Sass, the one who was honored by Kachanji Brown Jackson, but wasn't honored enough to vote for. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, that that was <laughs> just stupid. I mean, and really, I mean, Sass Sass uh, it, it could not really give any hell. That the, the I think the Republicans handled that so poorly the last nomination process, because they were not changing the makeup of the court. They were not changing the makeup of the court. It could have been a way for them to just reach across the aisle and say, okay, you know, it's really gotten really uh, tense between the two sides and nasty. And well, we're going to go, we're going to vote. We'll vote, you know, 98 votes in or whatever to, um, to uh, nominate her and uh, rather to, uh, uh, you know, appoint her. 
is a show of good faith, and they didn't do it because they're playing politics. I think it, just, well, I think it, it shows you how toxic it is. But the Democrats are just as guilty, right? No, I'm not. I'm not no, you're right. I'm not saying. I'm not saying that the Democrats are uh, without uh, sin in this. Uh, but at the same time, and I agree with what you said about Kavanaugh. Uh, I, I don't think that the whole Kavanaugh thing was. Um, I had a problem with Kavanaugh's views on a strong presidency. Uh, so some of his judicial views I had a problem with, but those weren't really covered because those don't get people talking. You know, those don't get people excited. Right. You get you get talked about, oh, somebody got groped, somebody got, uh, uh, you know, trying to make a, a sexual, um, either a sexual advance or a sexual assault, depending on what side of the aisle you're on, uh, from their high school days. That gets headlines, that gets people talking, that gets a Saturday Night Live skit, which actually was very funny. Uh, you know, well, but it doesn't get it doesn't get uh, it's not good governing. Often, like in the Ferguson riots in St. Louis a couple of years ago, you would talk to these people and they would, you know, this is it. This is the end. This is war. We're not going to take this down anymore. And you'd say, oh, who'd you vote for last time? I didn't vote last time, but I'm definitely voting this time. Right. <laughs> these people who are so upset and so offended, they don't vote. Right. They don't they don't they don't understand the process. They don't understand that now it goes to the states. Right. The Supreme Court, if this comes down, didn't make abortion illegal. All they did was send it to the states and the states are going to decide. And so there will be referendums and you can vote on governors. And right. That's the way the system works. If you think it should be federalized or if you think your state should allow it, there are ways and processes. And if you really think that there should be a constitutional right to an abortion, you know what you should do? You should make a constitutional amendment and get it through. Make your argument. I don't, um, disagree, I don't disagree with what you're saying there. I don't disagree, agree, uh, disagree with what you're saying um, uh, in, in that regard. Um, I do think that you know, this will maybe motivate some of those people to vote, some of those on the far left to vote. Uh, but to, to your earlier point, we've got, here in Nebraska, we've got a, a petition drive going on for voter ID. And I've been approached by people who want me to sign a petition for voter ID, to which I say, no, but if you have a petition for voter IQ, I'll sign that. You know, if you, if you, you have a petition that says uh, we've got the, you have to have a certain knowledge of how our system of government works before you can vote, I, I would support that. Uh, voter ID is a, a solution in search of a problem. Um, but um, you know, again, it's the one most last one last one last thing about this this whole court. I mean, you look at how the Republicans have just singularly focused or had their voters singularly focused on this, right? All they didn't care who Trump slept with, sold secrets to, didn't sleep with, right? He didn't care anything. All they cared about was the deal they made with the devil. You give us Supreme Court justices who overturn abortion and we'll let you do anything you want. Yeah. Right. Whereas Democrat and, and a Republican said, you're disgusting, you're despicable, but you know what? You're going to give me what I want, so I'll take it. And liberals said, I don't like Hillary. I'm not voting. So you get what you vote for. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, even though Hillary won the popular vote, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know that I want to go back and uh, 
uh, go over the uh, you know the 2016 election again. But uh, but you're right. No no no. I mean you are right if you're saying that uh, you know votes have consequences. I thoroughly agree with you on this. Thoroughly agree with you on this. Um, but uh, well, there we go. I mean, see, what what kind of podcast is this when we agree with each other? You you mentioned you mentioned Trump. You mentioned Trump. Um, uh, he came to he came to town last weekend because we've got a governor's race here in Nebraska, and he came to uh, support Charles W. Herbster. Herbster, by the way, who's had uh, eight women uh, come forward, two have attached their name to it, but eight women have come forward and say that uh, Herbster inappropriately groped uh, them. And so uh, the person they get coming to his defense is Donald Trump, uh, which uh, was uh, was interesting. But I went to this Trump rally. Well, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Did you say eight women? Yeah. Well, 13 more, and maybe he can be quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, let, let it go. Let it go. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I'm a Browns fan. And I, I, I got a problem with the Browns signing Deshaun Watson. I got a problem with that. You know, I'm, uh, uh, I think Baker Mayfield deserved another uh, shot, another year, but that's another story for another day. I was at, I was at a Trump rally on Friday, on Sunday. Um, uh, Trump was supposed to come in on Friday, but we had like tornadoes and bad storms coming through. So that was canceled and postponed to Sunday. And I went to the rally on Sunday. And here's the thing. I mean, this, have, have you been to a Trump rally? Have you been to one? Uh, no. Oh, I've been to a number of them. Well, you're and a I Trumper. Got, I'm not a Trumper. No, I'm far from it. But here's what I find so interesting about it, okay? Is that, is that, I talked to some of these people and they're nice people. They're good people. They're, they're well-meaning people, but they just don't know. I mean, you know, I had, I had a person, I had a person come up to me and was talking to me about the election being stolen, talking to me about, you know, the, the Democrats and pedophiles and I mean, all this, like all the QAnon stuff, right? All the QAnon stuff. And then I was, so I just sort of try to dismiss myself and say, okay, well, I got to get back to work. And they say, okay, Tom. I said, hey, by the way, I watch every night. I love what you do. Well, nothing I do agreed with anything that they said. And so there's a real disconnect there somewhere. And I don't know, I don't know how to make any sense of all of this stuff. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what is even more depressing when you talk about this. They can't tell you about how the Supreme Court works and what happens with laws and regulations and you know can't tell you that but they can tell you chapter and verse uh what's going on in the johnny depp amber heard trial yeah yeah no you're right well that, <laughs> yeah you know it's like it's, it's like oh i i can't i can't vote i i don't have time to stand in line i don't have time to stand in line to vote of course you know which will take you away you know maybe let's say let's say, you know, 20 minutes to stand in line to vote, right? But they'll stand in line for an hour and a half to go into a concert or to a football game. They'll spend four hours playing Fortnite. Yeah, yeah, but they don't have time to, they don't have time to vote. It's, right, um, I know. It's, 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 you know, and the other thing is, it, these people who are defending democracy in Ukraine, right? I mean, they, they don't have time to play Fortnite because they're defending their country. We complain about it all day long, and you know we don't do anything to protect our own democracy. Yeah, no, no, you, I, boy, we're agreeing a lot today. I'm not, 
this is not working. We're going to have to cancel this podcast. Well, what, well, what I'll do, and, I, and I've been, I've been, I've been, a, I've been a good guy today because last week the podcast you're eating cold pizza all throughout the podcast, and now I'm watching you here. What are you eating today? It looks like like fruit cocktail or something. What are you eating today? It's um some German potato salad. You got a problem with that? I got a problem with you eating during the podcast. I, you know, it, it's it's like like right now I got to talk and, and continue to stretch while you're feeding your face so that you don't have a, a able to talk. Now now you can talk because now your mouth is is uh, you swallow. So now 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 you can talk. First of all, I don't swallow. Second of all, <laughs> I, I'm not even going to. I'm not even going to. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Acknowledge that. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah, you know what? I, the podcast is much, uh, not as, um, not as formal as a more traditional radio show. So, um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I, uh, I have to play Fortnite for four hours, so I don't have time to eat. So I eat during the podcast. All right. The podcast is, 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 is as important as German potato salad is what you're saying. Well, no, you're not as important as German potato salad. Yeah, but that's yeah, I can't really. Can't really argue that. But anyway, so the Trump rally, I got to tell you what it was like on Sunday. I got to tell you what it was like. First of all, it's like all you, it's, it, it, it's not really a political rally. It's a rock show. People, people are going to this thing to hear the hits. They're, they're not going there to hear any new political discussion about, you know, how we can go and uh, improve our country. Uh, they want to hear. They want to hear how the election was stolen. They want to hear locker up. They want to hear how bad the Democrats are. How bad Joe Biden is. All that stuff. There are rows and rows of T-shirts and ball caps and flags and knickknacks that are all being sold. It's like a it's like a carnival atmosphere there. People went, and you know you don't know what it's. I, I and this is the same sort of a disconnect. I'm in the pit there. I'm in the pit and they're doing the, you know, those people back there in the media, they won't tell you, you know, so the whole crowd booze, booze, booze and all that. Right. But then I'm leaving and these people are saying, Hey Tom, how you doing, man? Love your, love your show. <laughs> I say, you were you were just booing me and all the media, not more than uh, you know, a half hour ago. And now it's like, Oh, Hey, we have it. You know, I, I, there's a disconnect there somewhere that I don't quite get. Um, it's, you know what it is? It's the mob mentality. And, you know, there's been studies upon studies being done about the mob mentality. For example, I didn't go to a Trump rally, but I went to a Cardinal Mets game last week uh-huh. and in, it was a day game. And I went with down here in St. Louis, I went with three Met fans and me being one of them. And in the, what, eighth inning, there was a fight, um, a little, you know, benches clearing brawl. And the fans started yelling, pond scum, pond scum, because in the 80s, Mets, I guess, had the nickname of pond scum here in St. Louis. I don't really make any sense, but that's right. So the crowd's yelling, pond scum, pond scum, pond scum. So these two Mets fans turn to me and they're like, what's going on? I'm like, "Ah, I'll tell you later. The next batter hits a foul ball and my nephew catches it, who's a Mets fan. And he instantly turns to a kid who's been a little girl, 10-year-old girl, who's been cardinal hat and shirt and had a glove the whole time trying to catch a ball. He turns and he gives it to the girl. And everyone in the crowd's like, oh, what a good guy. What a good guy. Oh, you're a good guy. And I said, two minutes ago, you were calling him pond scum. Now you're calling him a good guy. It's, <laughs> it, it's, 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 it's all some type of mob mentality. 
I think they were zombies. not calling. I don't think they were calling your nephew Pondstum. I think they were calling you Pondstum. Yeah, I think, I think you were just living. I think we're living in the Matrix, where there's like a reality and we just don't see it. And these people live in their alternate universe. And every once in a while, Morpheus comes along and shows us, you know, what reality really is. And then somebody pulls the plug and, th and then we're back to some alternate reality. But I think part of the problem, too, though, is we try to pigeonhole everybody. OK, so oh, if you're a Republican, you're the Republican that you're for family values. Right. At the same time, these Republicans are walking around with T-shirts that say, fuck Joe Biden. Right. You know, and I mean, not, not the most family thing in the world, right? There were family values at the same time. You got Donald Trump spanking some porn star in the butt with a rolled up magazine while cheating on his wife who just gave birth. But they're for family values, you know, and the Democrats, the Democrats aren't, aren't any better, you know. I mean, uh, they, you know, they've got, uh, uh, although I will say they're a little bit more, maybe a little bit more um, honest. They're not out there pounding their chest about family values or fiscal responsibility, while they're out there spending money or, uh, you know, cheating on their spouses, you know? Well, uh, I will say this about, you know, uh, politics and this Supreme Court deal. You, you know that there are conservatives that are pro-choice and yes. there are liberals that are pro-life. And yes. so I know a lot of I've met a lot of Republicans who vote strictly Republican who are pro-choice. And you ask them why. And they say, well, it's never going to be overturned anyway, and I like lower taxes, and I want smaller government. Now you're going to get a chance to sort of separate that. I think the whole thing is going to come crashing down, and I think this is going to, if this is comes down the way we think it is, it's going to change and sort of make new political um, uh, parties and and political offshoots and, and whole polit different political realities than we can even imagine. Yeah, because I mean. I, I, I'm not for abortion. I don't, I don't want anybody that's really for abortion. But th that doesn't mean I think it should be illegal. You know, I, I, think, I think you stop abortion. And abortions, by the way, have been going down over the last decade, decade or so. Uh, the numbers have been going down substantially. You stop abortions with uh, better birth control. You stop abortions with better education. You stop abortions, you know, through, uh, you know, basically uh, taking care of being responsible. It's how you stop abortions. Uh, I think I, that doesn't mean I think this should be illegal, because you're not going to completely stop abortions. You should hide them in the in the alleys, and you're going to make criminals out of women and doctors and nurses. I, I don't, I don't see the point. Well, there you go. What else is going on? <laughs> I mean this 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 story has sucked the oxygen out of everything. I mean this was a this. I, I, I mean we we've lived through some stories, Tom, but this one. This is a bombshell of bombshells because this has always been the third rail and this is like the third rail of the third rail. Yeah. Um, and I know that Supreme Courts have overturned other rulings in the past, but I think that all those, other, all those other rulings they overturned were to give people more freedom and not to take one away. I mean, if you look at, you know, if you look at like, uh, you know, uh, Brown versus Board of Education, you look at, you look at, you know, rulings that have, been more for the pro-civil rights movement. They've been to give people more freedom and more rights and not to take, not to take them away. So th this is definitely a, a, definitely a shift if, if it comes down the way it's supposed to. And, you know, although there's no indication that it won't, 
right. you know, I mean, John Roberts, perfect case in point there, John Roberts didn't really make his final decision on Obamacare until the last minute. He, he uh, changed, actually. He changed. He changed. Yeah, he changed. Yeah. So, you know, so, I mean, so this is not, this is not a done deal yet by any stretch of the imagination. Well, I don't know. I think, you know, it's either 5-4 or 6-3, depending on what Justice Roberts does. So, you know, either way, uh, you know, they got five votes right now, and I don't see any one of them changing anytime soon. So it's a 5-4 or 6-3 decision, depending on what Roberts does. But but when these people were being, uh, uh, you know, uh, interviewed by the Senate, and I'm not going to have the exact wording of what they said, but didn't they say when asked about abortion, didn't they say that, well, this is the established law? and It was settled law. Settled law, settled law, implying that they're not going to do anything to overturn it. Well, then they go, and the first chance they get, they go to overturn it, which means that they, you know, do they perjure themselves before the Senate? Probably not. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's like, okay, so you're going up there and you're giving a, you're giving a safe answer before the Senate, and you're bullshitting everybody because we know what you're going to do. Uh, yeah, it's a game. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. The whole idea is not to answer any of the questions. Oh, man, we got a governor's race like that here right now. So I'm, what's the deal? When, when is the primary? Uh, next Tuesday. Next Tuesday. And, and who's leading? Does, does this Trump guy have a chance? Uh, yeah, he does. Uh, okay, so you got... You got uh, uh, Herbster, who's supported by Donald Trump, Donald Trump came into Donald Trump came in supposedly to you know rally the troops for Herbster. Donald Trump went on for two hours, and of those two hours, one hour and fifty-seven minutes were all about Donald Trump. I mean, and, and he just droned on and on, and it was around. I'm sure you saw the headlines about how he he didn't even give the right name for the guy that he endorsed in Ohio. He didn't even get the right name for the guy that he endorsed in Ohio. We've got a Republican a congressman that Trump doesn't like because our congressman voted for the infrastructure bill, right? So Trump doesn't like him. So uh, that, that congressman does have an opponent in the primary. The opponent has like $12,000 in his chest. He's got like no money. He's got no name recognition, right? Trump's up there and said, I don't like Don Bacon. Don Bacon, I don't like Don Bacon. He's got, he's got, the, uh, he's got a candidate that's running against him, Steve something or other. I, I, I don't know the guy, but I'm sure he's a good guy. So vote. He didn't even know the guy's name. He's just rambling on and rambling on and rambling on. Uh, much worse than uh, I've ever heard you ramble on. And I've heard you ramble on. Oh, I've rambled. Oh, I've, I've rambled. You know, if this Herbster wants to win, you know what he should do? Huh. For real, no joke. What, what this guy should do is between now and next Tuesday, he should go out and try and sexually abuse like four or five more women. Why? So he can play quarterback for the Browns? Well, no, so that it can come out that he sexually abused women and garner more attention and then garner more votes. Because clearly, the more women you harass, the better it looks for the GOP. <laughs> Oh man, I, I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna uh, agree with you on that. I I don't need the. Uh... Well, it doesn't it doesn't hurt him. It used to. Well, yeah, it used to. But it doesn't doesn't hurt, doesn't, doesn't hurt the Democrats either, though. You know, I mean, I, well, I guess maybe to some extent. I, I don't know. During the Me Too thing, Al Franken. What are you talking it. about? Uh, no, what are you talking about? It. Uh, 
I mean, uh, the allegations of Chris Cuomo or Andrew Cuomo, right? Just allegations. He had to resign. Yeah. And uh, so did uh, Al Franken. Yeah. Al Franken. I mean, that was that was a thin. He he hugged women too much. And Al Franken had to resign. Yeah. So yeah. did you did you see um, the White House Correspondents' Dinner Saturday night? Right. I saw bits and pieces of it. I didn't see the whole thing. So the next day I'm watching the news and I wanted to get some you know news and, you know, here's some of the jokes, whatever. And I see that Joe Biden was at Walter Mondale's funeral. Right. And I was like, man, I must be I must be losing it. I did not hear that Walter Mondale died. And didn't he die like a year ago? (laughs) Yeah, he did. He did die a year ago. They just they just held the funeral on Sunday. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that whole COVID thing put a, you know, kind of a a damper. Yeah. So, I mean, that's so when I die, I really think we should have the funeral like five years later. Why? Because you're putting yourself in the same category as Walter Mondale dying during a pandemic? Fitz? You mean Fitz Mondale? Um, yeah, I don't know. It just seems like, you would, like it's, you, you, would, you would live longer, wouldn't you? You're sort of, you, you just, I mean, then, then the people going to your funeral would be like, oh, man, when's that funeral? You'd be constantly annoying all your people who had to go to your funeral for like five years. That would be oh, fantastic. No, first of all, first of all, the funeral be five years later and be like, I thought he died a long time ago. <laughs> you know, I'd be like, yeah, well, you know, you know, McGraw, he just uh, uh, needs to needs to have as much attention as possible. Oh, I love it. Yeah, yeah I, I just thought it was weird that um, I was like, Walter Mondale, didn't he die already? It was very, it was very you know, you know, what, you know, what is weird. And, you know, I mean, I'm, what, I'm about what, nine, 10 years older than you. Um, what's weird is when you see like these people that were like your, your high school heroes and your, your grade school heroes, you know, and they die and it's like, so-and-so died. Oh, I remember them. I, I used to love their sitcom. He was 93. You know, I was like, how the fuck did he get 93? Jeez. You know, because in my, in my mind, I'm still, I'm still, you know, 20, you know? Here's when somebody famous dies, here's what I think. And seriously, this is my thought process goes through my head. Oh man. You mean that guy didn't even get out of this thing alive? Really? Uh, there was some, some rich guy here uh, who ran Centene. His name was Michael Nidor, who's a billionaire. And uh, he died here in St. Louis about two weeks ago. And it, you know, makes the news that this man, Michael Nidor, dies. Like, oh, man, that guy had all the money in the world. He couldn't buy his way out of this thing? I mean, even he dies? Man. Nobody's safe around here. Yeah, no, you know, you don't get out of Well, you know, it's... You don't get out of this thing alive, but um, <laughs> yeah, it is weird though when you see uh, some of the uh, people that like I saw Cheryl Crow. Cheryl Crow was on TV uh, today. Cheryl she, Crow died. No, no, she's got a new documentary out or something. So she's doing uh, she's going on tour this summer and all that stuff. And and Cheryl is still a very attractive woman, but she's a very attractive upper middle aged woman now. Mm. You know, as opposed to the woman on the album covers that I bought. You know back when you still bought albums. So that's, you know, and so you look at her like, oh, she's so attractive, but she's very attractive. She's very talented, you know, so I'm not, this is not dissing her in any way, shape or form, but you look at her because you don't see, you see, I haven't seen her in a long time, you know, and it's like, oh, geez, wow, look, she's really, really gotten up there, you know, and it's, know, it's just weird. So what you're saying is that, um, that Cheryl Crow has aged out and you would no longer date her because she's too old. No, 
didn't say that at all. That's kind of what you were insinuating. No, I didn't say that at all. No, 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 not, no. I'm just saying that looking at her, it's a thing where it's like, yeah, you know, just. Well, do I? Uh, let me ask you this. Let yeah. me ask you this. Okay, uh, as far as you know, did Cheryl Crow age out or not? What are my other options? <laughs> you know, I mean, as Cheryl Crow, Lady Gaga, yeah, maybe you know. Well, the, the point is, is that you, Cheryl, men don't like to date older women. I've dated older women before. Older than you? Yeah. Well, not when you were fifteen. No, no, no. I mean, I, I was like thirty-nine, and I dated a woman in her fifties. All right. Have you dated a woman? How old are you now? I'm sixty-six. Have you ever dated a woman who's sixty-six and you're sixty? I'm, I'm Thank still, you very much. I'm still, I'm uh, no, dating. no further questions, Your Honor. I'm still dating women in their fifties, if that's anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dating women in my forties, and I'm in my sixties. Uh, what's, what's your point? Well, look, I, here's the other thing too. As you get older, that'll and, be enough. Uh, <laughs> as you get older, no more questions. In, in your in your mind, you know, it's like. If, if, if there's some young woman that's being nice to me, you know, like somebody like in their twenties or thirties, you know, and I'm thinking, Oh, I got a shot. And in their mind, they're thinking, Oh, he's just like my dad. How nice. You know, they're thinking what a nice old man, what a he nice is. old man. He is, you know, that did you, did you see the, um, did you see the uh, Lucio ball movie that uh, came out uh, this winter um, with Javier Bardem? Yeah. And uh, Nicole Kidman. Yeah. I did see that movie actually. There was a scene in there. There's a scene in there where, because, you know, Vivian Vance and William Frawley, who played uh, Fred and Ethel Mertz, they did not yeah. get along at all. Yeah, I didn't she, know that. Yeah, she was a lot younger than him. I didn't know that either, but as it goes to show you, as a kid, you'd watch those reruns. You never really, you never really noticed, but, you know, once they sort of figured it out, William Frawley was an old man and Vivian Lee was a young Vivian dame. Vance. Vivian Vance. Yeah, Vivian Vance. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. And, but she made the comment about, you know, there's something in a man's a little bit of a man dies when he hears, you know, a young woman refer to him as an old man. And uh, I, I, I sad to say I can relate to that. Uh, you know, that movie was OK. I didn't think that movie was great. It was OK. It's OK. I, I liked it. Yeah, I did, too. It's not as good as are you watching Julia on uh, HBO Max? No. Oh, it is as fine a tell. It is closely becoming one of the finest television shows of all time. Really? Yeah. No, it is spectacular because it's, it's just not about Julia Child. Did you ever see the movie Julia and Julia? No. Oh, written by Nora Ephron, by the way. Um, Julia and Julia was this woman years ago did, did a blog, and for 365 days, she cooked one of Julia Child's recipes. And Nora Ephron took this blog and took the life of Julia Child and did a Julia and Julia. And she, it was like a back and forth, like a present day and back in the 60s and back and forth. It was phenomenal. And now HBO has taken it the next step. After she wrote the book, Master of French Cooking, then this is like how she became a TV star. In the 1960s, this six-foot, you know, five-inch woman who, let's just say, Tom Becker wouldn't have dated. Um, this. <laughs> <laughs> somehow she becomes this 
this television star of, of epic proportions and changed the world by teaching people how to cook, it's also kind of like the beginning of public television. They didn't know what to do with public television. They, they, did, they had it, but they didn't know how to work it or, or massage it. Or it, it's, it is wonderful. They're about 10 episodes in. It is worthy of every second. It is fantastic. I've started watching uh, uh, the, uh, uh, the Julia, uh, Julia Roberts thing, um, Gaslight. Oh, Gaslight, yeah. How's that? I'm not sure if I like it yet or not. It's interesting. It's good. But I'm not sure if it's great yet. I'm still trying to figure it out if I like it or not. What channel is that on? Uh, it was I, I don't know some some it's some app. I, I downloaded the app for like you know five dollars a month or something like that. I'll I'll keep it for I'll keep it for this yeah. series and then I'll get rid of it. I uh, I want to watch that Godfather one. Um, yeah, the offer on Paramount Plus, I think. But have you seen Severance yet or Severed? No. Oh my goodness, you're missing it, dude. Well, that's a, there's so much good stuff out there. And there and, okay, and this is a theory I have about, everybody talks about how divided America is. I think one of the reasons we're so divided is because there's so much stuff out there on TV now. Because it used to be that at the very least, you know, everybody, uh, you know, enough people watch The Tonight Show or watch Seinfeld or watch, you know, a, a program that you could have something in common with people just on what you saw on TV the night before. Well, now there's so much stuff out there. You know, you're watching Severed. I'm watching Gaslight. Somebody else is watching it. I have never seen an episode of Game of Thrones, and I have never seen an episode of Breaking Bad. Uh, you know, and, and I'm, so there's so much stuff out there that you would normally have some way to have a conversation with, and there's no common ground there anymore because we're all watching different stuff. How come you haven't watched Breaking Bad? Because I have a life and I'm busy. No, that's n n next. I don't believe that for a I, second. I know you. You don't really have a life. I got into it late. And, you know, I used to live in Albuquerque, so I, I know the area, I, you know, and I love the area. Matter of fact, I, I told you about when I went to, when I went to um, uh, Albuquerque um, this uh, last uh, February I was down there. I drove by the Breaking Bad house. Even though you've never seen the show, I never seen the show. But you're in Albuquerque, you got to you got to do it, right? I mean, you, there's a, there's a, by the way, there's a if you go to Albuquerque, uh, they've got a store there in the old town, a store of like all the Breaking Bad T-shirts and ball caps and the souvenirs, that sort of stuff, plus a lot of the props and that they use in Breaking Bad. It's, it's so it's like a whole Breaking Bad museum, uh, and you can do a Breaking Bad bus tour of everything. But anyway, so the Breaking Bad house is like all fenced in now. And there's a sign on it, you know, it's like, you know, it's just basically stay away. Quit throwing pizza on the roof, which I guess was a thing. There's a pizza throwing pizza on the roof was a part of Breaking Bad. I don't know. I didn't see it. But anyway, um, we, we, uh, we went long again today. Um, we're, we're through with this. So what else? Uh, it's time for the over and under. If you're uh, uh, just uh, joining us for the first time at the end of each podcast, McGraw and I pick a story that is over reported and one that is underreported. And uh, this one uh, is brought to you today by the fine folks of the Dundee Dell. If you're in Omaha, stop by the Dundee Dell with a wonderful whiskey selection with uh, their famous fish and chips and just a nice part of the heart of old Dundee uh, here in Omaha, Nebraska. The Dundee Dell, tell them Becca sent you. All right. So what's your over-under? Um, let me ask this question. By the time you got to Albuquerque, was she working? 
I love Glenn Campbell. I just had to get in a little Glenn Campbell. You mentioned Albuquerque. I immediately thought of Glenn, Glenn Campbell. But actually, but that the lyrics were written by Jimmy Webb. I don't know who Jimmy Webb is. Oh, how, how do you not know who Jimmy Webb is? I have a life. Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy Webb was one of the most uh, prolific songwriters of the 60s and 70s. Jimmy Webb, oh my God, the stuff he wrote, MacArthur's Park, By the Time I Get to Phoenix, uh, what, Dreams of the Everyday Housewife, which, by the way, I think it's one of uh, Glenn Campbell's most underrated songs. What is it called? What, what, which one is that one? The Dreams of an Everyday Housewife. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, matter of fact, the majority of Glenn Campbell's hits were written by Jimmy Webb. Uh, Glenn Campbell, man, that I didn't appreciate him until he died. And after he died, I started listening to his music. Man, it was fantastic. Well, not only that, not only that, but if you the history of him as far as a uh, the wrecking uh, crew and whatever, as, yeah, the wrecking crew and the, his yeah. musicianship and what he did. Um, and actually, I met uh, after after Glenn died, I had a chance to meet Glenn Campbell's wife, um, and it was uh, you know had, had a very nice little brief little conversation. Very nice yeah. woman. Did you, you know, but, did you hit on her or was she too no, old? I did not hit. You're disgusting. Was she sixty, so she was out of your age no, range? It's, it's, yeah. I think I like you better when your mouth is full of potato salad. Okay, so what's your over-under? All right, so my over-under, my over is the White House Correspondents' Dinner. That is just a self-aggrandizement at its finest. It's the media reporting on the media, thinking they're cool for a day, inviting all the cool kids to come to their party, and they invite a comedian, and they all yuck at themselves, and it's played, it's done. It's overhyped. I know they're raising money for journalism, but I'm over it. It's just too much. My over is similar to yours, only it's different in that mine is the Met Gala. Yeah. I mean, this was, okay, a bunch of celebrities wearing uh, really outrageous dresses. And, you know, who's, oh, Pete Davidson is with one of the Kardashians. And, oh, so-and-so is with them. And, oh, look, look how... Look, oh, look, there's some there's some gay actor and he's in a dress, you know, and it's like it's it's just some big deal. You know, and I, I don't get the Met Gala. I would say the Met Gala is overreported. However, I'm going, however, I'm going to challenge you a little bit on the White House Correspondence Center. Because I think that although you're right, it is self-aggrandizing and all that. It's, you know, it may be a little bit overplayed to that extent. But at the same time, Trevor Noah said something there at the end of it about what it was there they were on stage making fun of the president and getting away with it okay there they were making fun of each other and getting away with it there i mean so when you take a look at what that really is and how we didn't have that for four years under the trump administration and having having a uh uh having a dinner like that where you can go and have the president in the room with you while making fun of him and not get shot, not get locked up. I'm telling you, I think that's a pretty big deal. So while I don't necessarily disagree with, with what you said, I also think you've got to look at the other side about what that represents uh, and why that what that represents is good for America to have a leader that has a sense of humor about themselves. I get, I get, I get your point, but and I, I know that Trump says those things to get a rise out of people. He really doesn't mean it. Some people take it seriously and it's scary, but Trump really doesn't mean it. He's saying it. He doesn't mean what? 
He doesn't mean he doesn't mean that the media is the enemy of the people. I've been in those pits when he's had thousands of people boo us and call us names. I understand that. But this is the genius or this this is the genius or the 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 what's the opposite of genius? The diabolical the the diabolical brilliance of 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 Trump because he kind of says it tongue in cheek ish. Right. He really doesn't mean it. If you were to get him one on one, he doesn't think that. But he says it enough and his followers believe it. And so it's dangerous in that regard. Um, but he doesn't really mean it, but he oh, no, does. No, 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 no. I see. I disagree with you. I, I think I think he knows better. But that doesn't mean he doesn't mean it because he means it because he wants to, uh, you know, get people to think that you can't believe what the media says. So that when they say things about him, it's like, well, it can't be true. That's not that'd be fake news. You know, I mean, oh. his, his, he, he, he's a media creation without the media. Tom, uh, Donald oh. Trump doesn't exist. No, I agree with you there. I agree. With I mean, you he when, when I mean, the media is the enemy of the people. And when he wants to say something, he calls it Maggie Haberman of The New York Times. Yeah, I know. So I know. so he doesn't mean it, but his followers do. And so it's like he's not saying what he means. But his followers take it hook, line, and stinker, which is in some ways scarier, but whatever. Yeah. Um, okay. So what's your underreported story? My underreported story is this, is, and I know it's not apples to apples, and I know it's different shades, but I, I was shocked that the Trevor Bauer story, the pitcher for the Los Angeles Dodgers, who didn't play all last year, because a woman came out and said that he was abusive to her during sex, that he tried to choke her during relations. He claims it's consensual, and he was going to fight and, and prove that it was consensual. So Major League Baseball suspended him with pay all of last year. And this last week, Major League Baseball, he hasn't played since these allegations, so it was last year. Major League Baseball came out last weekend and said, we're going to suspend Trevor Noah or uh, Trevor Bauer for two years without pay. Now I, I, that's unbelievable. He says it's consensual. There's been two women that have come out, right? They're going to, they're going to suspend him without pay for two years. He claims he's innocent. Deshaun Watson, right? Has 22 women claiming he did something inappropriate. The, the Cleveland Browns pay him $230 million. Tom Brady got a four game suspension for deflating the football. I, I just think that that is, and I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with, with Major League Baseball. I don't know that I agree with them, right? He says it was consensual. She says it wasn't. He loses now three years of his career to something that he claims was consensual. I don't know, but I just thought that that was a really big, bigger story and should have gotten more attention. Well, I think the problem is there's just so much other stuff out there. That you know, in another day and time, that might have gotten more um, uh, more attention. But uh, in this, you know, in this media world we live in now, um, especially as baseball, I think, I think, uh, <laughs> I think a lot of baseball stories are underreported. You know, I'm, I'm I'm a I'm a bigger baseball fan than I am a football fan. Uh, definitely, definitely a much bigger baseball fan than I am the NBA. I could care less about the NBA. Uh, but, uh, but I do think that, you know, um, maybe that, yeah, I think you had a point with that. That, that could have been, uh, uh, reported a little bit more, but, um, but you just use it as an excuse to bash the Cleveland Browns. 
or, or it was either that story or the fact that the New York Jets had three tremendous first-round draft picks. Right, the Browns had none because they traded it all away to uh, get a hold of some guy who may or may not have assaulted all these women. And they paid him $230 million guaranteed. But now here's the thing. And now, now McGraw, and oh God, now this is going to cause uh, some ripples here and cause some problems. But the reality is, is that, you know, these guys are also targets, are they not? I mean, if, if, if not, I'm not saying, I don't know. I've not seen any evidence one way or the other about Deshaun Watson. So I don't know. But I do know that, you know, that, um, that, that you, you know, you're, a, you're an athlete. You got all that money. You could be a target for something like that. 22 different women. Well, no, that's, yeah, I, I, well, I mean, the truth I, is, I, there... I, 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 don't, I don't know. I don't know. The first, first couple of stories get out there and then more get on the bandwagon. I don't know. I mean, it just, does that, that doesn't mean that all, doesn't mean that all 22 were the same one way or the other. No, I, I don't, I, I, nobody was in that room. Nobody yeah. knows, but the truth is, is that there's really very few times in history where the women say something happened and nothing really happened. The overwhelming majority of times, it turns out, yeah, the women were telling the truth. Uh, yeah, well, I, like I said, I'm not in the room, wasn't there, don't know. So I know, uh, the, I know. but the guy, but the guy, the guy says, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know the answer. I, I don't know the answer to any of this. But, I mean, this guy's going to lose three years of his career and two years of a huge contract for something he's saying didn't happen. So, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't no. know. It's just a strange, strange deal. Well, it's a strange, strange world. We are out of time. And we just went really long. We just, these, these podcasts supposed to be like a half an hour. We went like uh, 50 minutes today. Well, I'm busy eating my uh, my German potato salad, which was delicious, by the way. You should have some. I, I, no, first of all, you bought it bought it at a deli. You didn't even make it yourself. Well, yeah, because German potato salad should be made by Germans who know what they're doing. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any of the ingredients, so I go to the store. What is that? That's, that's ridiculous. That's like saying you you. you you don't really like that shirt because you bought it at a store. What? Do you, that's ridiculous. Well, you're Irish, so does that mean all you can cook is corned beef and boiled potatoes? And Irish soda bread? Yeah. Yeah. Brother, I've only had that one time. Uh, I don't get the attraction of Irish soda bread. I don't really get it either, but... Yeah. All right, we're out. We're out. I, I got things to do. I don't, I don't have any more time for you. I got things I got to do. Well, wh- wh- where was Andy Rooney? We, we, we promised Andy Rooney. Oh, maybe next time. But we didn't promise. You promised. Oh, so until next time, I'm Tom Becker. Until next time, thank you for your time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. A Huda Media Production.